This is the Tuesday, April 13th edition of the Daily Wager Podcast. So settle in. We'll get you in and out, as promised, under 10 minutes and everything you need to know today. Welcome to the Daily Wager Podcast, presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I'm Doug Kazarian, joined this morning by Tyler Fulgham from Las Vegas. we got a few NBA plays coming up, and then we also have... Uh, one game on the diamond. Now, the big game or one of the big games last night was the Warriors behind Steph Curry, breaking Will Chamberlain's record for most points in franchise history. But in the process, Jamal Murray goes down and it looks like he is going to be out a long time and just a serious blow to a Nuggets team that was making a push to the playoffs. Yeah, Doug, I actually thought they would be a legit threat in the Western Conference of uh, uh, a team that went to the Western Conference Finals last year after that uh, miraculous run in the bubble uh, on the shoulders of Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. But now with that torn left ACL and him missing the rest of the season, that's a massive blow to the Nuggets' chances, even though they still have the MVP frontrunner in Nikola Jokic. Um, that, you know, Murray was that second guy, um, and, and Porter was emerging as that third guy. Uh, but now they're, they're missing a big part of that offense and a guy who can get you buckets late in the shot clock in the playoffs. Yeah, horrible situation. So a uh, torn ACL on his left knee. And I'm curious to what happens with Denver moving forward. I know the futures market, Nikola Jokic was becoming, oh, he's, he is the MVP favorite odds on. And it was the, the, the money line was climbing higher. And team success was kind of the one thing holding him back a little bit. So it's going to be interesting to see if he does, in fact, get that MVP. I'll be talking about that later this week in the Behind the Bets podcast. But let's get to today's card. Tyler, and like I said, it's going to be heavy NBA. And uh, why don't we start with you? Because you're you're involved in this Pacers Clippers game. Yeah, I'm attacking the total first and foremost. And I've noticed a trend with the uh, the uh, Pacers. Pardon me. In the month of April, they are four and two, but their defense has been giving up a lot of points. In a loss to the Hornets, they allowed 114. In a win over the Spurs, they allowed 133. In a loss to the Bulls, 113. In a win over the T-Wolves, 137. A win over the Magic, they allowed the lowly Magic to score 106 points on them. And then in a win over the Grizzlies, they allowed the Grizz to score 125. So tonight they get the Clippers. And even though we're not going to see Kawhi Leonard, Serge Ibaka, and Pat Beverly, I'm still going to take the over here of 232 because the Clippers still have an efficient offense led by Paul George when he's out there and Reggie Jackson. And the Pacers, again, defense has just allowed a lot of points. And I think that's because sneaky, you don't think of the Pacers as a fast-paced team, but they're seventh in the NBA in pace. They're one of the fastest teams in the NBA. They like to get up and down the floor with Malcolm Brogdon, Karis LeVert, DeMontis Sabonis. So I think the – the Pacers will provide the pace and the soft defense, and the Clippers will provide the uh, efficient offense, even without Kawhi Leonard. So I'm going to go over 232 in this matchup. And there's a player prop I like as well. With all those three outs, someone has to step up into that secondary scoring role, and that's usually been Luke Kennard. So his player prop has only set 11 and a half points. In a game where I think the, the Clippers can still score 115, 120 points, Kennard should get – you know, 10 to 15 field goal attempts, and that should get him over 11 and a half if he has his normal efficiency. All right, I'm going to go to the game I gave out yesterday on Daily Wager, in case you missed it. It's uh, my best bet. It's the Celtics, and it's plus one at Portland. This Trailblazers team has really struggled against some of the top competition. Now, obviously, the Celtics aren't what they usually have been under Brad Stevens, but I still think it's a game the Celtics get the W. Look, for whatever reason, Portland has issues right now uh, scoring and it's it's it seems to be that the sort of ver- book is out on how to trap them get the ball out of Dame Lillard's hands Miami went in there and took care of business on Sunday night and 
the Celtics have enough firepower to kind of match the offense if the Blazers get going a little bit. And, uh, I mean, look, things are just not right right now. There's, like, some sort of just scuttle about, like, maybe Terry Stotts' job being in jeopardy. He's been a fantastic coach for Portland. It's just not working. So much of the issues were, you know, with Nurkic and McCollum out, and now they're back. I just I just trust Boston to get this coin flip game. So I'm going to take the Celtics plus one. I'm also going to go to the over in the Jazz Thunder game. It's look, the Thunder have been just so brutal during the last like couple of weeks. Obviously, it's a, a, virtually a G League team playing right now. Jazz lose at home yesterday. I think they're going to score a zillion points and just have their way, just like a lot of these teams have against the Thunder. And OKC will keep coming. Now, Utah's been resting guys here and there. I'm not sure exactly who, who's going to take the court in terms of if there's going to be a guy out for Utah. It's been Jordan Clarkson a little bit here and there, Conley as well. But I just think whatever Jazz are out there, they're going to, they're obviously all more experienced and polished compared to the Thunder um, version that the OKC's putting out there right now. So I'll just go over 222 and a half in that game as well. Yeah, another NBA game I'm looking at, Doug, is uh, should be a fun matchup. Uh, between the Heat and the Suns. Now, we know that these two teams are dynamic defensively, top 10 teams in defensive rating, and neither is trying to play at a uh, 1980s Lakers showtime pace. They will gladly take their time getting the ball up the court, getting in their sets. They like to play kind of a 90s brand of basketball, physical, slow, uh, and dominant defense. So when I noticed the total sitting at 216.5, I thought that was a little bit too high for a game that I think could have some you know, playoff vibes, could have that playoff type intensity as these two kind of match wits and see how uh, the Heat, even though they're in the Eastern Conference, look at themselves as a championship contender based off what they did last year. And we know the Suns are one of the best teams in the NBA. So I think Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo are going to come with a, a concerted effort to say, hey, we beat the Suns. We know that we can uh, beat anyone in the NBA. And the same could be said for the Suns as they try and, you know, strive for credibility with the media and with fans at large. So knocking off a team that won the Eastern Conference a year ago uh, would go a long way towards doing that. So I think you're going to get, you know, dialed in defensive efforts from both of these teams and a slow methodical play pace with the game staying within, you know, one, two or three possessions throughout. So 216 seems a little bit net 216 and a half. Pardon me. seems a little bit high. So if we stay away from overtime, I think we get under that uh, pretty easily. Yeah. It should be a playoff atmosphere and you're banking on that to be reflected in the uh, total points scored in the pace and everything like that. Let's go to the diamond for the final game. We'll go to the South side of Chicago. Nice pitching matchup here with Shane Bieber and Lucas Giolito. Uh, coin flip based on the um, odds here. And I'm going to go with the tribe on the road. I just trust Bieber a little more than I do Giolito. Now, we've talked about it a few times here on the pod. White Sox are dynamic against lefties undefeated last year, 15-0. and 0, And that's carried into this year for a little bit. I just think Bieber, I mean, he has actually has been a little... I don't want to say touched up, but based on where he sets the bar, right. he's given up a few <laughs> runs here. But right. coin flip game, minus 110 or so. Uh, I'll take the Tribe on the road to get the W, and I'll probably chop it up half and half with the first five and then also the full game. I uh, I trust the Indians to get the win here behind Bieber, their ace. So that'll, uh, that'll do it for us. Just a reminder, we have a special edition of Daily Wager. On Wednesday night, it'll be another sort of second screen, if you will, broadcast of the Nets Sixers game. So it's 7 Eastern on ESPN2. The main broadcast is on the main ESPN channel. And we will be doing basically what we did during the NFL season for the playoff game, 
we will have everything through the lens of betting. So it'll be you and I, Tyler, with Joe Fortenball and also NBA analyst Kendrick Perkins, 7 Eastern on ESPN2, a little pregame show. Then we'll be uh, watching the game together, discussing the odds uh, and in-game prop bets, all that fun stuff. So it'll be a, another way to kind of take in that game, the net sixes, which should be a good one out in the East, right? They are the one and two seeds and uh, expected to meet in the Eastern Conference Finals. So that's going to do it for today. Under 10 minutes, as promised, please do us a favor. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe if you're enjoying this podcast. It really kind of translates to all the metrics and things like that. So uh, we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Yeah.